Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Welcome to the Runners Well podcast with me, Rick Pearson. Me, Ben Hobson. And me, Jane Maguire. Today we're talking with Emma Kirk Odenubi about how to progress your running sensibly. Um, how's your running going, Jane? What's um, what's going on? You're still on the the road to recovery? I still, yeah, still there. I am um, enjoying doing some. I'm a bit like Ben felt last week. I'm kind of. I think it was all the excitement of the Olympic trials. It's kind of made me want to do a race, do another marathon, and I've got a few on the horizon in like. Or the autumn but I'm a bit like do I want to do one before then or do I want to see how those early ones go rather than sign up and train for a race that might not happen is the autumn a safer bet I'm probably like 90% of the people listening to this right now I kind of want to race but I kind of don't want to be disappointed I think there's that, that risk of like rushing as well yeah because it's like the now the small glimmers of hope and it's like all right sign up for everything now and then do marathon training in 10 weeks that'll be fine but it doesn't matter and it's just, I think that you know to really enjoy it give yourself as you know a good solid block to build up and then yeah that first race back will be yeah um, it'll be all hopefully even brilliant. better but enjoying this, we're we're recording this on a really sunny morning. So I'm kind of like, yeah, great. It's getting ready for the summer running that we all love so much, I imagine. I went I went out this morning and uh, yeah, there was some heat heat in the air, which is something that you, you haven't felt for a while. And that was really that was very pleasant. It was very hot. I mean, that reminded me like we're running in it. It's, it's a bit harder, and that was only probably like I know 15 degrees. It's meant to be about 20 tomorrow. So. Um, yeah, I think 10 points to whoever spots the first topless runner, for sure. <laughs> oh, the the bearskin, bearskin running. Oh, yeah, of course. Not just cold weather, hot weather too, the bearskin running. Make sure um, you got your yeah. SPF on if you are going to do any sort of bearskin running this week. 100%. Jane's, Jane's there with the health and safety message that everyone should adhere to. Put on that sunscreen. Um, but yeah, no nice little run this morning. Come on, Rick. I mean, you're the one who's actually got a, a big race coming up. Yeah, three weeks now. So it's um kind of, I guess, yeah, like the last long run happened on Saturday for me, um, which went all right. Still trying to nail the nutrition stuff. Um, I think I'm really winding up the people I'm uh, running with because they're just like, mate, you're always eating. Like half half an hour in, you're eating again. Like you've got your crisps out again. What, what are you up to? But um, Yeah, I mean, if I was running next to you and all I could hear was the rustle yeah. <laughs> of a bag of crisps. <laughs> I love it. 100%, yeah. 
but yeah it's funny i am I, um, I tend to sort of check in on nutrition like um well it tends to be about once a year and it's, it's before any big race I'll, I'll um i'll send robbie Britton, he's like ultra runner and he's a really good coach as well and he i just send him like Look, i've got a race coming up and this is roughly what i'm planning to do and he normally comes back and says like you're an absolute idiot like what you're doing like this your sort of unconventional nutrition style is just sort of like he has a word with me and then i kind of i kind of rein it in a bit but um he was quite impressed actually i was saying i'm going to mainly do the morton stuff and you know Blah, blah, blah. And he was like, maybe our chats are working because you're getting less and less stupid when it comes to <laughs> nutrition. Well, I mean, you, you had a very low bar, mate. Everything you've everything you've emailed him before, you must have just been like, oh god, no, this guy. I wonder is if you're not saved as right. like sweet potato guy in his phone or something. Like maybe he's just yeah, like, maybe oh, yeah, probably am. Yeah, this guy like, from oh, Runners god. World. <laughs> What's he doing? But yeah, I started. You know, said I'm going to do it on you know Morton and kind of you know scientifically sort of um justifiable race fuel hey well if you know morton if you're listening rick is a big fan so please you <laughs> send know, him some products um send i'm not, him spo- some, I'm not send sponsored him. they don't sponsor anyone do they i don't think even kipchoge sponsored so i'm unlikely to get a call no, I, think no they do I bet sponsor Kip- people. kipchoge does not pay for his morton does he? no they absolutely <laughs> do sponsor people because they released unbranded packaging that was one of their things uh, so right. that so that brand other athletes using uh their their morton stuff could use it without having the packets they actually did like unbranded packaging just because everyone was doing it so yeah um you could do that rick stealth even though you're not sponsored by anyone that kind of um seamlessly brings us on to chris thompson and his blacked out shoes at the marathon trials what do we think of that well i think that this is important because the reason why this is important is because On have come out and gone, yeah, fair play, we haven't got a shoe yet and he can run a PB and qualify for the Olympics so all the power to him wear a pair of Nikes. And that is why that story is interesting. I think that we can probably then stop talking about people running in painted black Nikes because it's been happening for a bit. And more importantly, talk about just how amazing his re- his reaction was oh it was so sweet i absolutely loved it it made my friday i felt really happy you don't you don't have to be a huge kind of um athletics fan to to respond to to emotion like that do you it was it was just really raw and really heartfelt and yeah i, I think it's um yeah it's super inspiring to see how much it meant to him you know at 39 as well this is his last chance at, at getting to and Olympics. I think he's going to be 40 next month. Um, so he'll be 40 by the time he runs in, in Tokyo. And it's just like, he's just laid it all out there. And uh, and that's that that release. that you, you don't actually often get to see that, do you? And maybe the fact that it was kind of quiet as well. You could properly hear it. It was really powerful. It was really, it was amazing. And I think that afterwards, he was apologising in the interview for letting his guard down. As, as he said, like being emotional in the interview, he was like, oh, it's not like me to do this. I need to let my, I'm letting my, my guard down. And I thought that was, that was such a, well, first of all, it's super interesting that like he, in the week that he's had a child, he also qualifies for the Olympics and he's apologizing for being emotional. That's but in my head. I'm like, well, mate, if this is the time to have emotions, now is it. Um, but just, it's just amazing that I guess that athletes are sort of so drilled in what they're doing and so sort of like everything is so like trained for this and uh, this is the next step and all that sort of stuff 
when you don't see that, you certainly don't see a lot of that with finishing of, you know, people crossing the finish line. You sort of see a hand in the air and then there's a, a blanket put around the shoulders and there might be a sort of like a congratulations from another runner or something like that. But it was really nice. It was like proper like, yes. Oh my God. Yes. Look at me. Yeah. And, you know, like I really thought, yeah, give it some. Why not? I think everyone, like, I cry. I've cried at every marathon I've crossed the line. I've could that moment where you cross the line and I've always called someone and I'm crying and I just it's just that like oh, I've done it and it, it was just amazing to see I guess to, not to stereotype but to see a guy doing that was amazing and um it would just it was I found it really powerful and I loved it and I loved that if you watch it back someone tries to give him a flag and he's like don't give me the flag I'm getting to the finish line and then he like stops and almost explodes and then crosses the line it was just lovely yeah <laughs> no, it was great. And I guess there was another brilliant story in the, in the women's race with uh, Steph Davis winning. Uh, yeah, I think she only took up running seriously about three years ago. Um, yeah, and finishing 2.27.16, so quite quite a long way inside the Olympic qualifying time. Um, yeah, some interesting facts about her, like as well as like obviously not being a lifelong uh, top runner, is that, yeah, she runs, I think, about between 60 and 70 miles a week, which is obviously a lot for the, like, the layperson, but... For an elite athlete, not at all. Yeah, it's amazing. I was just, it was so interesting watching that race develop with the two paces. Yeah, and she was like pushing them, wasn't um, she? She was like, come yeah, on, because get on. This is it, because that's because you can't, paces have to stick to a set pace and you can't have them changing their approach for one athlete. But she was so far ahead that, and like almost like, well, you've got to keep moving. Like she's either going to go in front of them or she's got to just, you know, sit behind them. It was really like she was just, she just looked having a great effortless, day. effortless, didn't she, though? She was just like yeah. gliding a lot. The paces looked like, not no shade on the paces, but they looked more like they were pushing. She was just gliding behind them. It was amazing. Yeah, it yeah. was really it's good. Your, it's your local running club, James. I know. She's a and Chaser. Clap, shout out to Clapham Chasers. Yeah, me and Steph running around the common. <laughs> <laughs> I think she occasionally uh, trains at Battersea Park, so like you know, quite close to. I'll be there. I'll be so there. She's, she's looking local, out for, her local, for an interview. So, <laughs> yeah, say so, oh, yeah. High speed interview, please. Could you slow down a little bit? Thanks very much. Right. No, amazing. Yeah, great, great story. Um, and then I felt a bit bad about this, James, because you said to me, oh, "I think Bex Gentry is taking part in the Charles." And I and I thought, oh no, I'm pretty sure isn't she more of like you know, like. I almost thought she was more of like an influencer and like a really good runner, but like not not someone who's going to um, threaten the Olympics. But it turns out you were right and she finished fourth. Yeah. I think Bex Gentry, if you ever don't want to go for a run, just scroll down her Instagram for 10 minutes and you'll be like, yes, I'm going. She's so, I, I think all athletes are motivational, but she's just always got a smile on her face. I think that's why I can see why she's a Peloton instructor because she makes you want to run. Um, and I thought her story was really inspiring. And I think she took five minutes off her PB, which is, again, crazy. Um, yeah, her PB was from New York. So you kind of like have to, you know, you take the bridges into account and stuff like that. But still, yeah, like five minutes is incredible. And oh, just to, like getting fourth at an Olympic trials is crazy good like that's so good i mean she was just to give you she's been on the cover of run as well back in 2017 and uh you know she's she's a good friend of, of ours so like we we had a sort of like we were all egging her on and wanting to see bex do really well but like ah oh, yeah just that was that was that was such a show of like what you can achieve at these things because you always consider all the olympic trials and stuff always to be a bit sort of 
I don't know, maybe everyone's just been off on some sort of like luxurious training camp or, um, you know, they've, they, the build up to this has been completely uninterrupted and just the easiest, you know, that's that's part and parcel. But everyone's got jobs. Everyone's just doing their thing. And, you know, it's it's mad to think that, you know, people are just absolutely putting it all on the line. And I guess that's why the response, you know, the, the finish line responses are so sort of more impassioned, perhaps. Yeah. Did anyone watch the race walk? Because I want to know more about the rules on that. Like, what's this contact time? They kept getting red flags and stuff. I was like, what is this sport? We need to we need to talk about this more. Well, yeah, because Tom Bosworth won, didn't he? Who's our kind of great, our great hope in the, in the men's. And um, it's amazing the times they can do. Like, I think his 10K times, like sub sub 40, like sub 40 walking. But yeah, I mean, the main rule is that your both feet can't be um, off the ground, right? That's the kind of what people get red flag for mainly. And what was it with the knee? Because they can't, they kept knee striking and they were like getting flags for that. And I was like, this is mad. I was like sat there Googling what's going on. <laughs> it's a whole new world. I mean, if, if, if runners complain about injuries, like those dudes absolutely just like hammer themselves. Like there's there's some biomechanical stuff going on there, which is crazy. <laughs> Have you ever seen it in like um, like live? One of these kind of you know like top race because no, obviously like, you know, a lot of train now, in, in, in parks and stuff, and it's, it is um, it's, it's kind of dispiriting actually because a lot of them would just be like, walking away from you yeah. as you run, and you're like, yeah. hang on a sec. But yeah, it's, it's amazing. But um, it doesn't seem like the most natural form of human movement, does it? It feels like it's kind of taking walking to the very limit of what is actually. Like, like, I almost feel like we we actually shouldn't be walking at those speeds, you know, naturally. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't That's look it. like the a natural... The body doesn't want to do that. It doesn't look like a natural oh, no, gait, not... does it? It's kind of a more of a sachet, is how it, like, like they kind of glide, <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? It's not like a normal yeah. stroll, is it? No, Where do you learn really. that but technique? We... Who knows? Maybe they've got incredibly, like... And this efficient. is yeah, it's efficiency, isn't this it? This is That's no all shade. I'm so impressed by no. it. I want to learn more. I mean, we're talking about a sport we have absolutely no knowledge on, but yeah, for sure, it's you know, I think it's a they've made walking the most efficient it can be. I guess is is before it becomes a run, and that's the yeah. that's the boundary. Yeah, the, the guy um, Tom Bosworth who won is um, it's a good story actually because uh, yeah, he he was suffering from uh, looked like long COVID actually. So right. he was Yeah, he said that he was getting out out of breath doing the gardening. I think he had to put his training on hold for quite a while. So. That is a good positive story for anyone who is in that same boat who might be you know wondering if they'll ever get back to their athletic best. Is that yeah? It seemingly can happen, um, and he's he's sort of proof of of that if you like. Guest of the week here in the studio. Guest of the week sometimes on the phone could be an athlete, could be a physio or a complete unknown. <laughs> Emma is a running coach, sports scientist, footwear specialist, gait analysis, strength and conditioning coach and level one British weightlifting coach. So who better to ask about how to progress your running? Emma, welcome to the Runners World podcast. Oh, thanks so much for having me. No, great to have you on the show. Um, before we talk about other people's progression, give us a sense of your own running journey and how it's progressed over the past few years. Oh, the past few years, it's kind of gone up and down I'd say once I found my love for it we're talking now eight nine years ago um I kind of gradually built up my my mileage and kind of I think once I'd started and realized that I loved it I was like right I want to build up to that marathon 
that was kind of my that first goal and then I did in a very short space of time I think about three years I did about five marathons over those three years um which going from yeah literally from going from like you know the odd five ten k's and then was like yeah we're just gonna go for marathons and um I had my fair share of tough ones let's put it that way um my friends dubbed me in the end as don't do the marathon that she does because there'll be a heat wave so I was in that yeah I was in that spate of time when we had London that was like 29 degrees and then the two weeks before when we were all doing our long runs it was snowing um yeah that that was that was an experience and then yeah many others like that I had Edinburgh which had its hottest marathon year Brighton where I got heat stroke and that was its hottest marathon year and I just I just got all the the bad luck as such with the weather so what we need to do then we need to basically plan our summer holidays around when you're doing marathons so if you could if you could share that share those dates what's your next race (laughs) pretty much right (laughs) well I'm hoping say I didn't get into London official but I did actually enter the virtual London marathon for this year so I'm hoping in October we might not have a freak 30 degree day let's yeah let's wait for that October heat wave <laughs> heard it here first everyone um I think because we're talking about sort of the progression of running and then you know that can be that can be from anyone beginning uh and sort of the couch to 5k kind of stuff all the way through to progressing your mileage up to sort of marathon distance and sort of stuff like that um but we talk about progression. I guess it's easier to break it down into the two the two sides of it, which is the mental progression and the physical. And I kind of want to start with the physical because often the uh, the the brain is more willing than the body, shall we say, when it comes to sort of what you're what what you think you're capable of doing. So, how would you advise you know being a coach and and, and a strength coach, especially? How do you advise people who want to progress their running when it comes to more miles? So, I think the first thing that you need to do and as runners we all fall short of it is slightly dropping the ego and going right okay i know i can run x distance and i know i want to get stronger at running said distance so to help myself do that pulling back those miles and spending more time on the strength work is where the benefit's going to come from so for a lot of my runners they're like oh well i'm used to when they come on board with me they're like oh, i'm used to running four times a week five times a week and I'm like, okay, but how are you, like, do you feel strong? I'm like, no, I feel like I keep getting niggles, I'm getting injuries. So the first thing that I will do is actually pull back the amount of time that they spend on the road. And I'll be like, right, we're going to have a minimum of two pure strength sessions a week. And then you're going to have at least one kind of what I call like a, a rehabilitation strength session or prehabilitation strength session alongside that. So as a minimum, when I get people on board, I try and get them starting with around three strength sessions a week in all versions of connotations of that strength. Right. Yeah. So it's really you are just pulling it right back to like you, you got to make the body, the body tough is the sort of the idea. Yeah, definitely. And I think my favorite phrase that I like to use is, is bulletproofing the body. If you spend the time bulletproofing your body before you then head out onto that road and build up those miles, then your body will thank you in the long run. And also from, as you're saying, like we're talking about like mental strength as well, you're going to feel mentally stronger because you know that, right, I've put in that work. I've put in those those kind of those boring sessions, as people like to call them, to put the strength in. 
And then when you start to build those miles and your body surprises you and you feel good after longer runs and things like that, then you've got that kind of mental backup to be like, hey, actually, I can do this. Like, I'm feeling great. Like, that was awesome. So the two kind of nicely go hand in hand. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, if we, like, that sounds like something we should all be doing, but I'm sure (laughs) not many of us do. But we've definitely all been out running and got that, like, I don't know, the runner's high, if you want to call it that, that like buzz. And we were like, oh, I can do this forever. I can just keep running for the rest of my life. How do we keep that in check and not let, like the opposite, like not let our brains kind of make carry on, carry on further than we should really? I think it's the the listening to the body. And it's something I've had to personally in my own running career as such learn the hard way is when you're running, you're like, oh, it's just a little niggle. It's fine. I'm just going to keep going. And then the next day you wake up and you're like, oh, it's still there, but I'm still going to finish my run. And then you're two weeks later and like you're hobbling after a K and then you're like, maybe I should really stop now. And I think it's that. It's not letting your mind kind of not have those aspirations to keep running forever because that is ultimately the goal. Like for me to want to be running when I'm 90 odd years old, it would be, yeah, is definitely the goal. So to curb that short term kind of reward to make sure that you have a longer term reward is really hard and it's definitely against human nature but it's something that if you can instill that into yourself and now it's something that I'm very smart on even though I still have to kind of have a chat with my ego and be like hey sit down you need to do this yeah that's that's for me you can't you can't see me but I'm nodding (laughs) (laughs) I'm nodding along that's such good I'm interested Emma in that you talk about um these pure strength sessions and I know that this is an area that you know loads of stuff about um but can you give us an insight into what, what you mean by that what that would look like how much time it would take as well because I think that's another thing that some runners worry about that it's, it's just one more thing they have to do yeah no I totally understand that and I say one of my latest programs that I created for my website for people to, for runners to be able to utilize is purely focused around three core exercises that you repeat twice through and then there's another three exercises that you then do the same thing again so it's not like there's a huge amount of having to think or having to really work hard you're looking at a 25 minute session that for me with runners is focused on unilateral work so basically single leg work and then dynamic core strength because There's so much that we can do holding a plank, don't get me wrong, but when we're running, our body doesn't need that sort of stability. It needs stability as we move. So my key focus is when I do strength-specific work is dynamic core strength. So if you're doing that plank, how about we pull a dumbbell underneath you at the same time and you have to work on moving whilst holding that core strength? And then, yes, of course, single leg work is paramount. And the reason being, when we run, if you actually think about it, you only land on one leg at a time. So if you're not strong enough to hold and stabilize your body weight on one leg, then you should consider how far you're running and, and knowing what's going on. <laughs> it's really telling though when you do that because you know you sort of uh, I've done it. You stand on one leg brushing your teeth or however you know however you want to do, it. and you do realize there's so much wobble sometimes on one, particularly you know if someone has a stronger side than the other, and you sort of think, yeah, oh, exactly. if I'm 
if I'm trying to sort of like, you know, beast myself on a tempo run and I'm sort of like putting, putting, putting all this effort in and I'm wobbling around on one leg brushing my teeth, then so I need to do something. <laughs> I need to sort something out. Mate, I have exactly the same thing with uh, if you're skipping and you do like, you know, where you, you skip just on one leg for a few times. And I'm like, I can do about, after about 20 of those, I'm like, I'm pretty knackered here. But isn't this basically yeah. what I have to do running yeah. for like, you know, <laughs> for, for hours? It's got, got exactly. this, like, oh, I need to work on that. This is the Runner's World Podcast. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. What about the, how, how heavy should you be lifting, Emma? Because that, that's not, that's another area that I think maybe some people misunderstand. They they don't lift heavy enough, or maybe they lift too heavy. Or what's your advice? So for me, you want to be able to do it under control. And I think because I say maybe not so much recently, but generally everyone wants to rush through stuff, and we haven't got enough time, so we're jumping from one to the other, and we've got to try and rush things. You want to have a weight that you can move under control. And we'll feel roughly around, I like to talk about like a seven to eight out of 10 in terms of difficulty. Like, yes, strength work is very different from running. I suppose when you're running, you physically feel like the sweat, the heavy breathing, etc. When we're in that strength position, you still want to feel like it's tough. But yes, of course, it's not going to be as vigorous as if you're out running on the road. So you still want to be giving yourself like that seven out of 10, eight out of 10 feeling. And it's going to be a weight where you get to the certain, maybe the rep scheme is 12 reps. You want to get to about eight and be like, oh, okay, this is going to be tough to finish the 12. So everyone's going to be different. So it's really hard for me to give you like a a random weight plucked out the sky. But yeah, that's the sort of idea you want to get. If say there's 12 reps, you want to get to eight and be like, oh, these next four are going to be tough. That's the kind of way to judge it for yourself. Uh, we've seen a lot of uh, new runners in lockdown and I think running has seen a real resurgence um, with the, the fact that you can go outside on your own and, and it's, it's something you can do while the gyms are shut. And I think that you you, you touched on it that you, when you first got into running, you sort of rapidly worked towards the marathon distance. How do you think that people, if you, if you were going to suggest 
a journey from a for a beginner how would you progress that journey for a beginner would it would you say a marathon is a great first target or would you do it differently so i think firstly it depends on the person Hmm. so i i knew that once i'd hit kind of that 10k marker and then had just taken on my first half i knew that my next goal was going to be the marathon just because i don't like doing things easily it's just yeah it's annoying um (laughs) (laughs) but i think anyone who's taking out running firstly just take the first few steps as we it sounds really corny to say but just get a feel for it do you actually enjoy it are you doing it because you want to you know get the mental benefits from it get out your head kind of um say in normal life meet people and kind of go to events and that kind of thing is that the reason why you're taking up running or are you genuinely doing it because you know what i actually do want to take on a challenge i've really got this goal that i want to go for um and for me if i've got someone that say or classically with london marathon specifically that have gone right i want to raise some money for charity i like a bit of running and you know what i'm going to set myself this big target and i think for that person same as i mentioned before about kind of progressing i want to strip it right back and we go right week one let's get the strength sessions in that first sort of four weeks six weeks even we're really just going to focus on the, the strength volume and building that and then once we've hit that then they're on we're then going to go for right starting to add a little bit more mileage in and then the strength will start to turn to a little bit more run based and for first long marathons i'm I'm suggesting people do anything from 20 to 16 to 20 weeks is is the ideal for that progression. Plus you also then get to filter in or not filter in, but kind of have the potential for there to be injury. I'm not saying we want it and I'm not saying it's what we're looking for, but that time frame gives your body one enough to recover from the buildup you're giving it. And two, if you do get little niggles here and there, one, two, three missed runs isn't going to be the end of the world as well. For sure. I think it's quite interesting that you said that because, you know, when it comes to, you know, and we have a lot of training plans on the on the site uh, and there becomes this sort of prescribed time frame that you can do these distances in. And I kind of feel like the new runner might see that and think, oh, great, perfect. Then I must prepare in this set amount of time. But it can take, I mean, it takes for as long as it takes really, doesn't it? Yeah, definitely. And I think that's why when I see newbies especially as i said especially the london marathon runners which are always my favorite because they've got so much passion because it's they're doing it for a charity or they're doing it because kind of london means so much to them and like right i've got 28 weeks and three days not that i'm counting and i'm like okay so don't worry (laughs) and it's like it's literally that as you said like i think as humans we like having a target number and getting that target number and ticking it off which is great but thinking that everything that you do to that point so say for example you've gone for a 16-week plan from now until the start of that 16-week plan it doesn't mean that you can't start doing some of the the prehab work the foot strength work the leg work all that sort of stuff you can still start that now so that by the time you start the plan you're already in a great place that maybe the first four weeks you're like oh it's pretty easy and that's a great position to be in so i think yeah addressing where you think you're gonna need the most work and help and then making your plan from then on is, is super super important yeah i think as as amateur runners we, we can become obsessed can't we with the marathon i think probably a lot of people might be better served by if they have the patience for it to go and you know get good over 5k and 10k and then use that as the platform 
from which to to go into marathon training rather than what tends to be the way is um you know often zero running to 16 week marathon plan and then inevitably some injury off the back of that so yeah i I like i really like the long the kind of longer term approach with this stuff i think it can really it can really pay dividends if people have got the patience for it definitely and i think you know what coming out of say the lockdown that we're in now coming out of this you know what people are probably going to be if they've put in the work which a lot of people will have had done because they've been confined to their houses and such (laughs) nothing else we're we're probably yeah we're probably going to come out actually a lot lot stronger than any other races that we built up to now we've got those kind of october november races coming our way actually we're probably going to surprise ourselves and see what a good bit of strength work can do can you get strength work in in the way that you run emma like uh i guess often we talk about maybe hills being kind of weight or strength work in disguise is that is that a, is that a philosophy that you would sign up to yes definitely um it's something that i utilize as well um i say with having a little bit of a crossfit background too i definitely in the in the lockdown life that we've had taken my weights vest out with me and run some hills with that and without that um but yeah hills in general on their own are really great from a strength perspective from kind of feet lower body calves everything even i mean everything pretty much kind of posture will really help you with when you're getting to that fatigued state in a race it's really going to make a big difference to that so yeah for me hills are a a big part but i will personally when i'm programming or or putting hills into my client sessions it will be after we've done some of the strength work just because they can totally catch you off guard and wipe you out a little bit if you've never run (laughs) even simple hills when you see something your coach is like 10 by one minute you're like oh easy you get to like the eighth minute and you're like nope it's not easy so yeah it's that that slow build for sure emma thanks so much for making the time to come on the runners world podcast it was great to speak to you about um progressing your running and and how how people can go about that so thanks very much for your time oh thanks so much for having me guys been great So that brings us to the end of this week's Runners World podcast. A big thanks to our guest, Emma Kirk Odenubi, and to you, of course, for listening. Hey, guess what? Subscribe to Runners World magazine today and receive some free Adidas headphones worth £90. Head over to hearstmagazines.co.uk to see this special offer. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.